So as you know, over the last few weeks, we've been taking some time to, uh, as many churches do, reflect on Christmas coming, Advent, the season of anticipation of Christ's birth. And so each week we've had someone from the congregation come and lead us in our Advent reading. And so this morning I'm excited Roger is coming to lead us from Jeremiah in the book of Luke. Our first scripture reading is from Jeremiah 31:10 through 14. And the word says, hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and herds. They will be like a well-watered garden, and they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. And reading from Luke 1, verses 26 to 33. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Let's pray over our reading this morning. Heavenly Father, we we yet again find evidence of your promise to be with us as you gave it to Mary. Do not be afraid. I am with you. So this morning we received the word, God, um, knowing full well that Christmas, for all of its celebration, can for so many come with challenges and frustrations and pains, anxieties and fear. God, we received this word this morning that you are the God who is with us. And when you are with us, there is nothing to be afraid of, for we have found favor with you. God, prepare our hearts for that as we receive you this Christmas. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, we have our, uh, our third speaker of our Emmanuel series, so uh, I always love this time of year and love getting to hear from people in the congregation and uh, have just been so encouraged by Paul and Cayenne's words the last couple of weeks. And so uh, a couple more, if you don't know the roadmap for what we're, where we're going, uh, Jonathan is speaking today and then Dan last week, uh, the next week, the last week of our series. So I'm excited for both of those. But uh, Jonathan and Jackie, since they've been coming, you guys have probably been close to a year now, so uh, just shy of it maybe, they've become really good friends. I know not just of Ashley and I, but so many in the congregation, and uh, getting to know Jonathan and his story has just been a huge encouragement to me personally, so I knew he would do a great job and excited for him to be able to share some of that with you. So if you would, help me welcome Jonathan Lopez. All right. Thank you, pastors and Bento Church, for allowing me to speak to you today uh, in our Pastor Chase said, like Pastor Chase said, here we go, in our part three series of God with us. 
Uh, I also want to take the time to thank the Cooks family for being here and the Hamburgs as well. Uh, appreciate the love and support. I'd like to start by le- reading a passage uh, from Luke chapter 18, verse 15 through 17. Now they were bringing even infants to him, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. A month ago, uh, I don't know if Kevin Weaver's with us. There he is, Kevin. Kevin preached on missions about a month ago and highlighted the believer's perspective can impact your relationship with God and those around you. I like how Pastor Kevin highlighted the perspective word because, in essence, Jesus, in the same way, when speaking to his disciples, is affirming that a childlike perspective can make or break your faith. I also found it interesting that Cayenne noted from last Sunday that the God of the universe is closer than you think. The perspective of God being a father figure who is listening and ready to deliver the desires to any person who asks with a pure heart can become a reality. My testimony today is a story about a childlike perspective. It's about prayer and believing that my Heavenly Father was and is still listening. Before I share my story, I want to take the time to share with you a little history about a person in my story who gave me the most wonderful advice when I was a young boy. And this person is my mother, Elsie Moody. My mother was born in 1957 in the country of El Salvador. Elsie was a funny, charismatic, and beautiful woman. She got married while attending Louisiana State University. She had two children and was saved at a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Unfortunately, right after Elsie's conversion, she immediately began seeing challenges in her marriage. You see, my, my dad did not like the idea to, of the music and the party had to come to a stop, so for that reason, my mother found herself back in El Salvador, divorced, confused, fighting for custody, and dealing with a financial problem of how she would pay for surgery for one of her children who were in need. And to make matters worse, a few years after her divorce, uh, she met a man, got married, and instantly after that marriage, uh, she found herself being deceived. Elsie's second marriage again was just filled with control, manipulation, and, and really, to make matters worse, uh, it was all during the Civil War time in El Salvador, so she couldn't catch a break. Poor, poor woman. One thing she, my mother didn't do very much, but is, is share with her about her childhood years. Um, I don't know why, but what I do know is that historically, almost all the women from my mother's side of the family were connected some way or somehow with jerks, men that were controlling and abusive. 
They took advantage of their role, which ultimately created some level of spiritual brokenness. For Elsie, the pursuit of God was a constant necessity due to her trials, which seemed to never end. Through all her tribulations, my mother became a bona fide prayer warrior. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the persecuted. Elsie's trials and reliance on God sharpened her faith. She always learned to, pr- to pray as if she was in constant distress and mourning for something beyond her. She would pray for hours and long periods. I witnessed moments that Elsie would get lost in prayer and forget the concept of time. And the only way to maybe disrupt that prayer is to let her know that she has children and they're hungry. And, and that didn't happen often, but sometimes it did. I also learned to be observant when watching my mother pray. The tricky part was figuring out what kind of level of prayer it was. Was this a 911 prayer type level, or was this just a checking in? Either way, she was consistent and did it daily. One time I was playing outside, and in El Salvador it's kind of warm, so when it gets hot, you cool off and you go inside the house. And my mind was... Time to go in and watch some TV. Well, there's my mom in the living room praying. So I began to just observe and watch and wait for the time, the right time to ask, can I watch some TV? And there it was. There was more of a meditation-type silence when she was praying. I approached her and mustered a little courage and said, hey, mom, can can I watch some TV? Oh, boy, oh, boy. She looked at me with, how dare you, I. She, she said, Jonathan, can't you see that I'm praying for you and your sister? And you have the nerve to ask, you want to watch TV? This is much more important. All right, never mind. Oh, hold, you need to pray with me. Come. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm ready, right? Elsie <laughs> also liked to pray when she was happy. She would... Ad- address a, an invite to pray with her as if a parent would ask their child, hey, let's play a board game or let's go have ice cream, something like that. She would catch you off guard. I'd be watching TV, and yes, I did a little bit too much TV watching. And, and my mother said, hey, you guys want to do something fun? Uh, yeah, what's going on? Pool time? No, let's pray. Like, oh, you kidding me? It was, um, I'm in the middle of a show, Mom. It's, it's Jonathan. Come on, it'll be fun. Let's pray. Oh, Mom. Please, let me just finish the show. How about we, we pray after? Jonathan. Jonathan. Do you remember when God healed your leg? Oh, you had to go there. Yeah, Mom, I remember. Do you remember when God brought us out of Egypt? Yeah, I remember. I associated El Salvador and the condition, the environment, kind of like the story of Egypt and the Israelis and just that whole mess, right? So I would pray to God, get us out of Egypt. And he did. 
Marion C. Garrity is a well-known author, and she quoted this. A mother's love is the fuel that enables a normal human being to do the impossible. Proverbs 6.20, My son, keep my father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. So here's my story. When I was 12, I was beginning to feel a disconnect with others around me. I, I found myself feeling confused and alone because everyone around me appeared to be succeeding. A lot of my friends were growing up and getting a little taller than me or getting a little smarter than me. And I was like, why am I not keeping up? Uh, Ryan, I don't, we should have had our mothers talk to the principal not to separate us in Springfield and purging middle school because you were in the other team and I was on that team still. Why don't we think about that? And also, most of my friends started having girlfriends and trying out new relationships. So I began to evaluate my position and why I wasn't able to keep up. So I concluded that, well, being shy, having broken English, learning a new culture, still learning a new language, and even learning new sports, because God forbid you say soccer in the 90s. <laughs> it, was just a, it was just challenging, right? I did attend a local church with my mom and sister, but never really connected there either. At age 12, I kept everything to myself and noticed that my daily quest for seeking God was just getting harder and harder because I did not know how to deal with my emotions. One night, I broke down and began to cry in my room. About 10 minutes passed, and I remember my mother letting herself in. And she just put her hands on me and started praying. Her prayer soothed me and brought me peace. I remember that my tears stopped and just started listening to her prayer language. All of a sudden, my heart began to get warmer and warmer. And after my mother finished praying, she asked me, Why are you so sad? So I explained, Mom, you don't know. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> I feel alone. Boys around me are having fun. They are in relationships. I also see, Mom, that you're alone and it makes me sad. We're both not in a relationship. I am shy and it's difficult to speak. And you have two kids. Who is going to want to be in a relationship with us? The Holy Spirit instantly took over and used my mom to give me this advice. My mother said, Jonathan, what you are seeking is not a girlfriend, but a wife. Remember who is our dad. Remember who healed your leg. Remember who brought you out of Egypt. God knows you need what you need. Just ask him exactly where you're at. And he will give you the desires of your heart. He also wants you to write all the qualities that you want in a spouse. And he wants you to pray for her as often as you can. At that moment, a light switch turned on. I embraced her words, knowing that I'm still a child and that God is still my father, and I believe in him. So I did what my mother instructed me. 
That evening, my mother and I made a list of what we desired from a spouse. We both took that list and placed it underneath our pillow and began to pray. I wish I could tell you that I prayed for my future wife all the way till the first time I met her, but that's just not what happened. As I got older, I became less spiritually minded, less spiritually child-minded. I became the prodigal son and took advantage of the one thing that I thought I knew I could leverage, and that's a mother's prayer. I took advantage of her prayers by living a carefree lifestyle because I thought that my mother's prayers would give me a safe passage for any and all decisions that I made. I chose to do whatever my I desired because I was angry with myself and I was tired of living as a shy person. See, I wanted to experience that social life and be around fun and carefree people. So, my perspective changed and I became a self-centered jerk. (laughs) The very thing I did not want to be. Believe it or not, I was a functioning, spoiled follower who did not practice patience and holiness, so technically I really wasn't a follower of anything. I became a young dad at age 18. At age 24, I concluded that I would never get married And if for some reason I were to get married, it would never be to a woman that I prayed for back when I was 12 years old. How can a godly woman fall in love with a careless man like me? The book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 18 and 19, I want to read this to you. Who is God like unto thee, who pardoneth iniquity, and pass it by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and that will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Even though I was living as a spoiled son of a prayer warrior, I did manage to honor my mother by taking the time to attend her favorite church. No matter where I was in life, I took the time to visit with my mother. I took the time to honor her law and consider all of her advices. Not so much outside, but I did consider. One Sunday morning, I met my mother at church, and after the first service, she asked me, would I entertain going to a Sunday school class? Because she wanted, me this, she wanted me to meet this really pretty girl. And she also said that she connected with my sister Marilyn and their friends. Well, that second part really was more intriguing because as an older brother, my job is to pester my, my sister. We were only a year apart, so it was just too easy. I just talked to her friends, and then all of a sudden, they weren't her friends anymore. (laughs) They became my friends. (laughs) I walked into that Sunday school class and met my wife, Jackie Lopez. Wow. 
My mom was right. She's very pretty. My mom was right. Never forget who your dad is. My mom was right. God honors the prayers of those who ask with a pure heart. Mom was right. God gives you exactly what you need in times when you know you, you will need him the most. Jackie and I have been married for 10 years. God brought Jackie to my life and delivered everything I asked at age 12 and more. Jackie has been my partner and friends through all the good and the bad and the very ugly. Jackie has taught me how to improve in areas that I did not think I would be able to improve. Her patience and kindness and love is daily gift to me. She is the hardest worker I know. She is an advocate for peace and a light everywhere she goes. Some of my darkest times, Jackie demonstrated God's love to me by being a servant to me and others. Jackie challenges and inspires me to pick up my sword and shield every day. Jackie, I thank God and you for your love and forgiving heart. You have been an instrument of God's love for me. And God has opened my eyes to reveal his words. In this very good book, an excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will not lack anything. She does him good and not harm. All the days of her life, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently. But you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Thank you, Jackie, for being my wife and for loving me unconditionally. Thank you for being a mother to Anna. Briella and Gabe, thank you for leading by example and honoring your commitment to God and your family. Bentoke, my testimony is that the kingdom of God is alive and growing at this very moment. My mother's prayers and advice became sowed seed in my heart. God was patient with me. And through his patience and guidance, he revealed to me that he can extend any written list and make it so much better than I could have ever imagined. The Holy Spirit has led me to declare that my list has extended and grown into something else. A family. A community that is still growing inside these walls. Jesus said, to what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? 
It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. And it grew and it became a tree. And the birds of the air made nest in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leaven. I'm going to finish with this thought and I'll let Pastor come to close us out in prayer. It seems like in today's tech boom world, we do a good job calling out everything and everyone. Taking the time to wait for God and others may not be a top priority for us. Perhaps maybe it's because it requires time, patience, and listening. When everything around you is saying, there is no time to wait. You need to move, you need to run. Better yet, you need to hide. That's it. Hide. Yeah. Just hide because your perspective in the world you live in that you thought was all put together is now being disassembled. So hide. Paul Smith noted that living free requires letting go of your weaknesses. To connect with others who are like-minded and will celebrate your walk with God and do so transparently. And Pastor Chase shared with us that seeking God at a faster pace actually requires the practice of patience and waiting on God. Take the time to pray daily. Take the time to make amends. Take the time to seek God by reading about Him and connecting with those who can be an extension of your spiritual family. Take the time to wait and practice patience with yourself and others around you. And always remember that the God of the universe is closer than you think. Your Heavenly Father is good and He does not dwell in anger, but rather He delights in showing you and those around you grace and mercy. The kingdom of God is still here and know that you are worthy of your Father's grace. I'm just going to close this in prayer and then we'll worship together. But I uh, uh, thank you, Jonathan. I'm, uh, I'm always struck by how God uses people's stories in these overarching ways. And to hear, as Paul reminded us in week one, um, I think the phrase I keep taking away from it is, you're only as sick as your secrets. This call to, to look honestly at who you are. And then Cayenne's reminder that there's no need to live as an orphan. <laughs> to remember that even with all of our brokenness, we have a father. And Jonathan reminds us so well this morning of this simple calling to come and pray. If we have a father and if we're broken, go to him with it. Um, you honor your mother so well with the story of her, her prayers. Those who knew her know as well. Um, and you inspire us just to bow our heads and pray. And so I want to do that this morning and all of the simplicity that you remind us of as a child. Heavenly Father, um, we do that this morning. We come before you knowing full well that we are broken people. That we're not who you've called us to be and we're not who we want to be. 
and on our own, we find this sin impossible to deal with. But we're reminded that you are with us, that you are our Father, a Father perfect in every way. God, those of us who are fathers know you are a Father far better than we can be. And so as Jonathan encourages us, we come before you this morning as children, as your children, and we bring before you this brokenness. The pain that we have, the doubts and fears that we deal with, the sin that continues to torment us. God, we come as a child before you this morning and say, would you meet us here in this place? Would you be with us? And would you show to us a better way that God, as you promised Mary, that even though we don't deserve it, your favor is upon us. And by your grace and by your mercy and by your kindness, by your steadfastness, God, we know that you are at work doing good things for those who would believe, working all things, even in their brokenness, for good. So we wait on you. We humble ourselves. We take up our poverty. We mourn. We face our persecution. We embrace meekness. And we come before you and say, God, we trust you in what you're doing wait for you. And we pray, God, as children, that you would show your goodness to us in a new way, even this Christmas, as we anticipate this celebration, Christ, Emmanuel, you born with us, that, God, it would be more true than we've ever experienced it before this season. So we worship you in that simplicity of faith. Show yourself to be our Father. Show yourself to be Emmanuel, God, with us. God, give us the patience to see the ways in which you're doing more than we could have ever asked. And give us the faithfulness to bow our hearts and our lives before you and offer them to you in prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.